Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate right along with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. Joining me this week is Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hi. And Josh Dean. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about Aaron's suggestion, Sunshine, in which a team of international astronauts are sent on a dangerous mission to reignite the dying sun with a nuclear fission bomb in 2057. I don't know if all of that information is necessary, but that is the IMDb synopsis. Uh, first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, I will kick this off. Uh, something that I just watched uh, yesterday uh, is a uh, three-episode miniseries documentary on Discovery Plus called Doctor's Orders. Um, it sort of it it came on after something else I was watching that I was interested in um, discovery just sort of like if you don't stop it it just picks another sh- it like picks whatever the next like recommended show is to what you just watched and so I think I was like three shows deep into that I was just kind of letting things go in the background while I was working on other stuff on my computer and uh, the show comes on and I thought it was really good it's really bizarre um it's about this insane uh pill mill operation in which a doctor is writing scripts for all these guys in a biker gang so that they can go and fill the script prescriptions and then sell them the doctor's also giving them like contacts in his wealthy wealthy ass neighborhood who can afford to buy them at the, you know, full, they're selling the full prescription on the street for like $3,000 a bottle, um, which is considerably more than it costs with, you know, insurance and all of that. Um, one would hope. Um, so, uh, the, so, so there's that whole thing going on. And then the doctor, uh, goes way too far he's this flamboyant doesn't think he can be touched guy who's connected to all of the local politicians and law enforcement um but he ends up hiring someone from the biker gang to kill his wife and that sets these dominoes in effect of they're going to find out about the doctor being part of a pill mill, which is going to lead back to the biker gang. The biker games are gangs already pissed off because bikers aren't supposed to kill women period. And if the bikers had actually had a say in it, it wouldn't have been done, but because he went to this one guy and the one guy went outside of the rules, this happened. And so they're stuck with that. And the guy telling the story is, the president of one of the biker clubs uh, or the president of one of the chapters of the biker gang and the star witness for the FBI because he totally ratted and told them everything that was happening because he didn't think it was cool that the gang had killed a woman. So uh, very interesting. If you have access to discovery plus, I would say check that one out. Um, I only have it cause it's, it's free with my, 
my phone subscription. So every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, there's something over there I want to watch. So, uh, Christine, how about you? So I went ahead and binged all of Midnight Mass, Mike Flanagan's newest, uh, yeah, limited series. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Definitely not as good. I thought as Haunting of Hill House, uh, probably better than Haunting of Bly Manor, but not awfully hard to be better of Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, I definitely, uh, interesting to watch it as somebody who grew up in the Catholic Church because it definitely plays on a lot of different things to do with the Catholic Church. A lot of stuff takes place in Mass and they mm-hmm. They definitely got their, they did their research and like have a lot of accuracy in the parts of the mask. Is that a Netflix show? Yes. Okay. It's on Netflix. I think I've Um, seen something for it there. Yeah. And so when I was watching it, like in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, the church is not going to be happy about this (laughs) one. Like, (laughs) that's how I felt watching Doctor's Orders. I was like, this guy's going to die. Like the yeah. <laughs> the gang is gonna watch this, and he will not make it to the. He will not last an hour after this is released. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but I don't want to spoil anything because I know there are a few people that are probably gonna watch it, and I, I know probably it, will. Yeah. So I don't want to spoil anything. I just I thought it was really good, and if you're interest interested in Mike Flanagan stuff, you'll probably get a kick out of it. So. Right on, Josh. How about you? Yeah, I um, I watched a movie called Supernova this past weekend. It's um, Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. It's on Hulu. Um, they are a longtime couple, and Tucci is has been diagnosed with dementia. And the two of them are driving across England uh, to get to uh, a concert that Colin Firth's character is putting on. Um, it's a Bit of a tearjerker, um, not going to lie. It uh, got me a little emotionally invested. Um, Tucci and Firth are just incredibly watchable all the time. Um, so just watching the two of them play off each other uh, was pretty great. Um, it, I, it's got a very remarkably similar plot to a Donald Sutherland movie that came out about a year or so ago mm-hmm. called like Sky Chasers or something like that. I forget the yeah. name of it. Um, but... Anyway, it's really good, and uh, I would I would recommend it if you're looking for a nice drama. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Aaron, how about you? You know, I haven't really watched anything lately that people have. Okay, so not, the movie was uh, that have not already seen. I've been on a Star Trek kick lately. Um, rewatched all of the next generation movies. Um, just recently started rewatching DS9. Uh, mm. And like, DS- that's better than watching the movies. Well, you know, I, I remember when DS9 first aired, I was not the biggest fan of it, but it is much better on a second watch. Um, so that that has been a, a fun time for me is is watching that. 
uh, I, as, as I've grown older, I've become less of a fan of Star Wars and more of a fan of Star Trek. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's odd, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's been good. So if anybody out there hasn't seen DS9, it's a pretty solid show. Yep. Yep. It is, um, certainly better than anything Star Trek, uh, that is currently airing on television or streaming anywhere Uh, so our movie suggestion this week it came from aaron it's the movie sunshine danny boyle uh or by directed by danny boyle i hadn't seen it before is there anyone else who had not seen it before okay just christine all right so uh christine we'll start with you what did you think of sunshine I thought it was pretty engaging. Definitely uh, the juxtaposition of the the bright sun, you know, and the dark uh, atmosphere of the inside of the the space station that they're in, and um, just the different characters and their motives for being there and wanting to either uh, uh, go and see if they can get to the other ship or make it to the sun with their uh, payload uh, as planned and things like that. Um, I have to say I was not very surprised by the uh, bizarre twist at the end, uh, mainly because it reminded me of a two-part episode of Doctor Who that I had seen. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it gets pretty darn derivative. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know, every slasher flick, every horror flick. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they, when they first see that message from the original captain, uh, I was like, okay, that guy definitely looks like he's not quite dead and so i was like in the back of my mind thinking okay he's gonna just show up again mm-hmm. and and so um i was not surprised that he came back and tried to kill everybody yeah um surprisingly uh, similar to a later movie uh alien covenant as well with uh michael fassbender's character And then, uh, other than that, I really just uh, like the idea of what people would try to do when the sun starts dying. Because, you know, we've been mm-hmm. told it's, a, it's inevitable that the sun is going to die. So, but in all reality, we wouldn't know that the sun was going to die until it already died. So, Well, it'd be more like we'd have lots and lots of advanced warning because we do have lots and lots of advanced warning. Yeah. Um, the answer is not in 36 years when this yeah. movie <laughs> takes place. That's true. It's it's a lot longer than that before it will like the heat death of the universe will happen. So um, yeah and I I question and I'll I'll go into mine here. Um because I'm the only other one that hasn't seen it. Um, yeah, I 
I wondered too about the whole um, the whole thing, and they they'd never explain really what's happened to the sun, why they've decided to do this, what went wrong with the first mission, how much they know about what went wrong with the first mission. Um, a lot of interesting questions that aren't answered. Uh, and they seem to be not answered just for mystery's sake. Like the characters should know the answers to some of those questions, especially about what's going on with the sun and why they're like risking their lives to throw a bomb into the sun and make it better again, make it brighter again. Um, but yeah, it's very strange that like they're trying to say that like the sun is going to fade away to a point where it's causing worldwide a worldwide ice age in 36 years when what's actually happening on earth is more the opposite direction. Like climate is going up the the temperatures are going up and it's getting more. So it's very odd that they chose the time to do it, that they did. Um, but to step back and, and talk about my thoughts on the movie, um, the simplest way to put it is that the first two thirds of this movie are really good. And then it goes off the rails and keeps going off the rails and goes off the rails for long periods of time. Um, there's a whole bunch of filmmaking decisions that um, make it more confusing than it needs to be. Um, I get the whole not trying to spoon feed the audience information and also try to have kind of a 2001 effect of, you know, what do you think happens at the end? What do you, you know, what, what do you think is going on? Um, I had a really hard time caring about, uh, Bill chaser or whatever his name was. Um, Pinbacker. Yeah. Uh, didn't really care. Um, what was going on with him. Um, his reveal is is lame and and unsurprising and uh, could have been done a lot better. I think if he had been more of a quiet, reserved character that just talks to them and seems harmless enough, uh, but then starts to reveal that you know he has all of these all this secret knowledge because he's been talking to God and all that sort of thing. Like if he's truly better than them, it's kind of weird that his way of expressing that he's better than them is to, is to just kill them as fast as possible. Um, the opening sequence, I was like, we're really going to just fade into the sun. And then it got really cool and really interesting. And I was, I was in, I was like hooked into the movie and the more information you get, the more interesting and exciting it becomes. The fact that they're dealing with one catastrophe after another, the, the suspense is up, the, the tensions there. 
Um, the acting's all really good. It's a surprisingly great ensemble cast. Just lots of great people in it. Um, I think Chris Evans takes the nod for the best acting in the movie. Um, even though he's a he's a asshole, like we understand his position every time, and he's the he has logic on his side um, whenever he's doing things. The the whole uh, let's let's divert the mission and and just see if there's something over there uh, is not explained to my satisfaction. Uh, it does not make sense that they would want to do that. It especially doesn't make sense that Killian Murphy's character would want to do that. Like the bomb is his whole plan and his whole thing. Also, he's the only one that knows how to set it off manually. They didn't train the other people in case that became a problem. Like hope, hope he survives that long. Um, the, uh, I, I think the only part of the, the like reveal that was cool was the first moments of it. When the computer says there's four people on board instead of three and you're like, Oh, well, who's, who's still around? Um, and I thought it would have been more interesting if like there was some sort of time warp thing and that the guy that stayed behind on the ship to eject them out into space had somehow survived because of how close they were to the sun. And so he had experienced seven years that they hadn't experienced and it was him coming back. But instead, it's just some Randy that we have heard nothing about before. Uh, so there he is. Um, yeah, didn't didn't care for the the ending. Left a very very bad taste in my mouth and uh, would not recommend. So Josh, take it away. What did you okay. you apparently like this movie enough to see it twice? So. <laughs> I actually I own this movie. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> there I go. Uh, I saw this movie the same night I saw the Simpsons movie, just to give you some context, and uh, got some severe tonal whiplash when going from one theater to the next to see yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was with you, Dale, uh, the first time I saw it. Um, the the Mister Crispy reveal, as I call it, uh, just <laughs> did not sit well for me the first time. Uh, I, like you, the first two thirds I thought were pretty masterfully done. Um, Christine and I were talking, and it seemed like a, a setup for a rogue AI kind of story. Um, yeah. But I'm really glad they didn't go that direction with it because that we've seen that like a hundred times before in movies. So um, go ahead. No, I mean, we've, we've also seen what this movie does. <laughs> yeah, but at least. Uh, in terms of like the first two thirds, you just get human error piled on top of human error. Yeah, and it's, it wasn't yeah. exactly Alien Covenant, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was close. Uh, I haven't seen Alien Covenant, so um, but oh, uh, have you seen Prometheus? No, I intentionally never saw Prometheus. Oh, all right, so. then you're never going <laughs> to see Covenant. So <laughs> yeah, um, but I so I assume you know what you're talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, the. Uh, but after I saw it and after I was I left the theater kind of pissed off, um, 
Danny Boyle, I like his directing a lot, and I feel like he brings a lot to his movies. I kept thinking about the movie, and I was like, well, something's making me think about this movie more than I think I should be thinking about it. So Mm -hmm. I went back and watched it again, and uh, this time got into more the the science versus faith part of the story. Um, Uh And... uh, understood the choices better didn't still don't agree with him um but at least kind of got from a storytelling point of view where he was trying to come from with the the pinbacker reveal there um mark strong by the way is pinbacker which uh mark i'm a huge mark strong fan and uh didn't know who he was at that point when i saw this movie so uh going back to watch it again i was like oh yeah yeah he um it was a little bit of a waste of Mark Strong. I, think, I wouldn't but. have recognized him if I didn't read IMDb because right. he's always shot so completely blown out that right. you can't tell who it is. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the first few times I saw this, I had no idea it was him. Um, like you were saying, Chris Evans, uh, this is the first time I noticed him in a movie. And I was like, oh, this is a guy to watch. This guy's got a future in Hollywood. <laughs> um, little did I know. Um but uh, he was the most compelling character to me, more than Killian Murphy even. Um, but uh, the whole ensemble, though, like you said, really tightly put together. Um, great acting all the way around, I thought. Uh, I liked little touches, like when the flashlight hits the camera, it would flash to the pictures of the Icarus One crew. Um, uh-huh. Little it, and I was like, "Well, something horrible is about to happen here," and I wasn't quite sure if we were going alien route or what. Um, but I was, I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, I should ask before I forget: yeah. is the um, the weird like still frame thing that happens toward the end of the movie a couple mm-hmm. of times part of the movie, or was that Hulu's <laughs> yeah. copy of it that was doing that? No, it's part of the movie. Okay, it, yeah, it <laughs> seemed like it was like it happened at the right moments for that to make sense. But I wasn't sure if like they digitized it poorly or something. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, yeah. Observation. Um, yeah. It I looks like so. when an old uh, DVD player used to have to switch layers <laughs> right. and you'd get that freeze for like a second <laughs> or two and then it would keep going. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I've ended up watching, this is like my fifth or sixth time watching this movie probably. Um, and I enjoy it despite its faults. I don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but like I said, the, the first two thirds are very engaging to me and the last third isn't bad enough to make me dislike the first two thirds of it. So yeah, I, I like this movie. I, in general, I think not one of Danny Boyle's, not one of my favorite Danny Boyle's, but at least mid-level to uh, Danny Boyle. Right on. Well, um, yeah, one of the things I also found really strange about uh, looking into it is that I cannot, one, one of the characters in the movie, I cannot find on IMDb. Uh, yeah. He's not even listed. And yet he's in the screenshot of the trailer on the IMDb page. There's like an Asian guy who's not the original captain. Who the has one that like kills acne. himself? Yeah. Oh. They don't say who that is on IMDb. That, that's Benedict Wong from uh, Doctor Strange. Um, 
Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, I I've I know what I was doing now. I was getting confused between a couple of people. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, um more than more than usual. Uh what the hell, Aaron? Uh why did you subject us to this this thing that that made me feel great until it made me feel like setting my house on fire. So I went and saw this movie in theaters and I was completely blown away by the visuals. Like it was just like absolutely stunning. Yeah, I'm with and, you so far. And I I love space movies. One of my favorite movies is Apollo 13. And for the first you know, two thirds of the movie, you're very much Apollo 13. And then all of a sudden it takes a weird event horizon twist. Oh yeah. It tells event horizon, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. You want a, and, you want a crazy uh, stupid ending? I got yeah. one for you. Yeah. It, it was, it was very odd, but you know, at, at the time this movie came out, it had, the guy from 28 days later and other people. And I go mm-hmm. back and I watch this and I see this amazing cast that it had, you know, Michelle Yao, Cliff Curtis, Rose Byrne, Chris Evans, Mark Strong, Benedict Wong, uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. It, it's, it's a fantastic cast. Like you couldn't ask for a better cast. And I, I thought the movie did a pretty good job. Uh, for those, for those people, um, it devolved towards the end into a weird kind of slasher film uh, without going full slasher. So it, it was, it was kind of like they didn't want to fully commit to the slasher vibe. They didn't want to fully commit to anything for the yeah. ending. And it's, it's there's a just m- a bunch of stuff that happens. It's it's a mess, but. It is just, it's one of those movies that I, for some reason, continually go back to. Like, I will just pop in this movie and watch it for no apparent reason. I'll just be like, I'm bored. I should watch Sunshine. Um, it, you know the definition of insanity, right? <laughs> I, I, I know. But it's, it's just, I don't know. There's something about this movie that, that attracts me to it. Um, I, I don't know if it's the just overwhelming gloominess of the first two thirds or the absolute batshit insanity of the last quarter. Um, but it's, it's a fun movie. I like this movie and, and it's one I definitely would suggest that people see if for nothing else, just the beauty of it. Yeah, I mean, I can see, like, I don't know, like, the first two-thirds of the movie are really solid. They're really good. And I can see how they couldn't decide what to do with the premise. Um, And so they left it as vague as possible to, I think, try to straddle the fence and let people see it the way they wanted to see it happen at the end. But I don't think it succeeds at, 
at doing that. I think it's more, um, I, I think as soon as you have a slasher villain in your movie, as soon as you have that going on, it just, it pulls all of the, they, they've done such a good job of establishing this reality and suspending your disbelief up to that point that once that happens, it's just like, Oh, an unstoppable killing machine. You mean like alien? Well, like it, the whole movie was leading up to being alien. And even if he was just one, if I, I think, I think it could have worked that way. If he had just been another obstacle that they had to overcome and then they overcame him and it moved on from there. But the fact that he's, you know, there up until the end causing problems and, you know, Killian Murphy has to defeat him to, to, to kill himself or, or stand in front of the sun like this, like, and reach out and touch it. Yeah. What, what happens? Weirdest episode of Peaky Blinders I've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It definitely (laughs) could have used more Tom Hardy. So uh, when I when I explain this movie to people, I usually tell them I was like, it's it's about about two thirds Apollo thirteen and about one third uh, Event Horizon. And the reason I bring up Event Horizon is Mark Strong with his burns um, looks quite a bit like Sam Neill's character after he cuts up his face in Event Horizon, and he's He's ever he's ever present. Um, If I I wouldn't be shocked if in between shots, Danny Boyle was watching Event Horizon. Like that's how that's how closely resembling the 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 movie this is. Well, and that I mean that would explain why the ending goes off the rails because Event Horizon also has a pretty strong two thirds, and then. It goes into what the fuck territory. Yeah. Like that movie would be really popular if they stuck the landing. It would be another sci-fi classic. This would oh. be really popular if it stuck the landing. Yeah. Both it of looks these great. Movies, like, like this would have been like a, uh, a Christopher Nolan level movie for Danny Boyle and blown people away. And it's especially insane because they were so smart about the way they shot it and the way they use special effects that they made it for a budget of 20 million pounds, which is ridiculous. Like it looks better than pirates of the Caribbean two at $225 million. Yeah. You know, they did a really great job. It's, it's, it made some really, really odd choices there at the end, and uh, it, it damaged it. But I'm I'm always shocked by like uh, people people talk about you know Prometheus and Alien Covenant, and I'm like you know well you know if you like those movies you should really check out Event Horizon or maybe Sunshine, and nobody's ever seen those movies, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. completely blown away by it because for all of their faults. And there are many. They're solid movies. They're really solid movies. And I, I, I feel like people should watch them. And, and I, think, 
I think in time they will find their audience. Well, I mean, they're solid in what way? So, Event Horizon, the the characters are the strong point of that. Like, it, it's it's very plain as day, like, okay, we're going to this ship that has disappeared and randomly uh, shown up. It was marketed as such, you know? It's, it's going to be, like, some odd supernatural fuckery going on. And that's exactly what you get. Uh, the problem was, is... They put their characters through so much of the ringer through the first two thirds of the movie that by the time you get to the last third, it's all very derivative of what you've already seen. Um, and, and most of it is taken up by an escape plan, not unlike aliens with Ellen Ripley, uh, trying to escape the Nostromo. Right. But I mean, for a movie to have a cult audience or to, to find an audience, it has to be something that's enjoyable to watch more than once. And I think this movie is enjoyable to watch a little less than once. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put this on again. And I certainly wouldn't like say to somebody, you know, watch this movie without saying the setup is really good. The payoff is like, it just falls off a cliff. I don't disagree with you on any particular point. I I just really enjoyed this movie enough to the point that the the fact that they didn't stick the ending didn't kill it for me. Like All right. it's fair enough. Yeah. Christine, Josh, did you guys have any other thoughts about Sunshine? Um I read somewhere a long time ago about this, and I this could be totally apocryphal. I could be making it up, for all you know. Uh, that the uh, the ending of the movie was uh, meant to be interpreted either uh, through science or through religion, uh, and apparently Alex Garland believes it goes one way, and Danny Boyle believes it goes a different way. So that makes he, total sense. Total sense, <laughs> right? Uh, and also, Aaron, is this our second Alex Garland movie you've suggested? Didn't you do Ex Machina? No, I, I didn't suggest uh, Ex Machina, but that's a great movie. It was me or Zach that did Ex okay. Machina. Okay, so this is our second Alex Garland movie in general. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like his sci-fi ideas. He's got a great mind for sci-fi premises. Anyway, it's the first one I was here for. So exactly yeah ex machina was really uh we did that in march of 2020 at least that's when we recorded it um and yeah it was zach's suggestion he hadn't seen it um he he suggested it so he'd have a chance to watch it but uh i think he'd also heard that because i think aaron and i saw that one in the theater um i know i did and uh really enjoyed it so yeah we reviewed that one together and it was a solid movie. I actually did not know that he wrote that until recently. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's a movie. So it, I, I like Ex Machina a lot more. Um, okay. A lot of people have the same complaint about Ex Machina, that the ending is really bananas and doesn't fit with the rest of it. But I think the ending of Ex Machina is is just fine. Um, it is weird, but I think it's intentionally like 
an expectation subverter and doesn't quite pull off the twist that it's trying to as well as it could, but it's still a, a quality piece of filmmaking and also a relatively low budget science fiction movie. So Dale with, with what we watched for tonight, um, what would you suggest along the lines of this movie for somebody else? Alien? The original? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a movie I can watch over and over again and introduce new people to. And it has the same sort of hypertension that leads to this alien outbreak. And um, unlike, I mean... The only way that um, this movie could have could have seriously gone to ape alien would have been for uh, for Rose Byrne to be the the final person to to finish the mission, um, yeah. which I was kind of expecting for a while because like she's just kind of not around for a bunch of the end. Uh, weirdly, I also thought um, I didn't realize how much younger she looked in 2007. Uh, Cause when I first started watching the movie, I thought it was Olivia cook. Um, and it's like, no, well, Olivia cook would have been like eight when this movie came out. So it definitely isn't her. And then it's like, Oh, it's Rose Byrne. Huh? Okay. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, you know, any, any really quality science fiction movie. There's not a huge list of high quality science fiction movies, um, but movies that, that do this whole space thing better, um, arguably interstellar um, would be up there as one of those. There's a lot of people that don't like that movie, but I think that one's more of a, you either love it or you hate it kind of thing rather than you like it. And then you don't like the last third of it so yeah i also always pair sunshine with moon in my mind uh uh-huh. yeah they came along about the same time that's a great movie i love yeah. that movie yeah, yeah that was I love sam rockwell right yeah, yeah. and also sam rockwell <laughs> and uh, unfortunately <laughs> well kevin played. spacey or i would have recommended it for next time mm. yeah not afraid of watching kevin spacey <laughs> We don't shy away from sex pests on this podcast. It's not that. It's uh, uh, I don't. I I I am able to to separate the person's personal life from their art, and so you know he he was and and is probably a great actor. Um, he's just not a very good human being. Um, to put it mildly. <laughs> and uh, the last thing I saw him in was the creepy-ass Christmas video he made in character. Um, oh, God. For Spacey Nets, House of Cards, uh, alternate timeline. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like all of that kind of stuff, like, you know, it's like there's... I, I don't know. I'd have to see like 
90% less things if everyone that was problematic had to be expunged from from things I would allow myself to watch or enjoy. So fair enough. But uh Josh, it is your turn to suggest a movie. Uh Josh, what would you like for us to watch next? Okay. Um I decided not to go the quirky route. Um, we're going to watch uh, The Killing, uh, Stanley Kubrick's movie from 1956. Oh, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. I've, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. The uh, IMDb description is, uh, Crook Johnny Clay assembles a five-man team to plan and execute a daring racetrack robbery. Yeah, man. Classic. Well, thanks, everybody, uh, for talking about sunshine thanks everybody out there for listening we'll see you on the next deeply discussing movie podcast